This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It is the afternoon show. Glenn Hawke in the chair on this 2nd of January. A lovely day here in Sydney, and let's hope it stays that way over the uh, next five days or so with the Sydney Test coming up. Hey, time to sport to talk some more sport, and uh, who better to do it with? A great friend of SEN, Channel 7's own, Jalissa Rapps. J.A., welcome along. Hey, Glenn. How are you? I am incredibly well. Um, what a way to start. 2024 and here in the SEN studios. How was, now you had a break, you, you're back in the chair though. Yeah, I did have a break. I went home to, um, I'm from a little country town, the listeners will know because I never shut up about it, <laughs> yes. called um, Rural, so near Young. Yep. Uh, so I went back home to God's country, as we all say, uh, everyone who moves to the city and goes back home. Yes. Um, I, and I had a great time. It was really good, but now I'm back. I actually started work on New Year's Eve. Yep. And you know when you like, you just don't know what's been going on. You can't, I just had to get a new pass to the office because I've lost that in the two weeks. <laughs> I couldn't remember my passwords. Like, and right now I'm like just driving all over Sydney looking for David Warner's baggy green. Well, I was, so, going, I was going to ask, is, you, is your pass near, near David Warner's baggy green somewhere, maybe? What do you think would be better to find, my pass or the baggy green? <laughs> I mean, the obvious answer is the baggy green, but I have pestered my security uh, guys <laughs> at work about my pass repeatedly, and I think they would prefer me to find my pass. How on earth? Now, I'm, I'm not going to speculate how you may have misplaced your pass, but how on earth <laughs> has David Warner lost his baggy green? Is there, um, is there a conspiracy theory at the moment, or is he just like most blokes like myself and just misplaced stuff? No, I think um, I think his theory is that well, it hasn't it hasn't just been misplaced. He hasn't done the Jaleesa apps and just put their pass somewhere. <laughs> um, he he's actually uh, he's we put out the video on his Instagram saying that the baggy green was in luggage that also had gifts for his um, kids, and that in some time in transit between Melbourne and. Um, and Sydney, it's gone missing. This bag has gone missing, the whole bag. Wow. And he actually held up a re- replica of the bag, a second bag, and he said, uh, you know, whoever has it, if you give it back, um, this will be, like, I'll, I'll give you the backpack. Just please give my baggy green back. Because obviously, very important week for David Warner. Now, we've con- we contacted Qantas. Because he said that they don't think that it's the hotel. It's gone missing from the hotel. I think he thinks more that it's gone missing in transit. Right. We contacted Qantas, and they said the bag has been misplaced. Um, so they didn't sort of allude to anyone taking it. Uh, but they've also checked, uh, David Warner said in his Instagram, that they've also checked 
um, for CCTV, and there's just a few black spots in right. where it could have gone missing. So, uh, yeah, um, but on such an important week too, and of course, I'm no doubt they can rush him a new one, but it's not really the same as having no. your baggy green, is it? And, and, it? and for some players, they don't care, but for some players, it really, like I know Mitchell Stark has always said he never leaves his baggy green anywhere but on him because he's yeah. really pedantic about it. And, you know, a lot of these cricketers and a lot of these elite athletes can be a little bit superstitious as well. So, you know, walking out onto the SCG without something that you've walked out into the field with for 111 previous tests, it, it might be a big thing um, for Dave Warner. Who knows? But yeah. Yeah, most definitely. But, it, you know, the players have got their backpacks with their initials on it. Most of them carry well, – or I think all of them carry it around with them everywhere. And I would have thought they put a, would have put it up in um, – in the luggage compartment above wherever he was sitting. But for whatever reason or somehow, David and, and said backpack have, have uh, separated ways and who knows where it is. It, it sounds like the way that he was speaking, it was with his like kit bag. So right. like all the bags were being taken. So usually their bags are, you know, you, you have your own you know, carry on, but then um, usually whenever the teams are flying, they sort of just pack their bags. Yeah. And someone comes and gets them and puts them either in the bus or wherever they've got to go. And it sounds like this bag was with those. Right, so well. I don't know how it's gone missing, but yeah. But hopefully they find it because it's not like you can sell it. Like, what are you going to do with it? If, you, if you've taken it, if something, some malice has happened and someone's taken it, what are they going to do? This is exactly right. It's not something they can uh, show. Well, maybe they just show it off their, to their mates and uh, and otherwise stick it in the cupboard. That's no good to anyone. So... You know, if anyone knows the whereabouts, we need to get David Warner's uh, baggy green hat. Now, Julissa, speaking of, um, no doubt you, you saw David Warner's presser yesterday about his retirement. What did you make of uh, of what he had to say, retiring from both formats of the game? And as mentioned to Brant Senderacen earlier, that um, he got a bit emotional. Yeah, he did, but only at the bit where Usman Khawaja was brought up, which yep. I, I found was really sweet. And yeah. Just, how much Usman, because obviously they played junior cricket together, came through um, together, and he actually, he didn't really get emotional talking about his own career at all. He got emotional talking about um, Usman's comeback mm. and how, you know, to see him score that century and really cement his place back into the side was um, really, you know, touching to David and, and really important to him. But I thought, um, you know, as always, David, David Warner, I, I don't quite get the hate for David Warner. I know yep. a lot of people don't like him. I don't really get it because, um, to me, he's just a fantastic media performer who yeah. um, the one thing that I hate from players is when they say that's above my pay grade and I don't think David Warner can ever be accused of saying that. So I think we're, we're going to certainly miss seeing him front the cameras because he's always got something to say and that's what he said yesterday. He said, I've always been authentic and sometimes it's got people offside and um, yeah, what a, what a way to go out. And then dropped, obviously, that retirement bombshell about uh, the ODIs and then almost looked like he, he didn't want to completely retire, though. He was like, oh, but, but the Champions Trophy, I'm good for that if you need me, <laughs> which I don't think. I think if he's 39 by that point, if we haven't found another opener by then, that's, that's a little bit troubling. Yeah, but we're in all sorts if we don't have an opener by then. But, I, yeah, you're right. I love the way he just just left that door slightly ajar. Just in case I'm I'm uh, I'm good to go. I love that. Here if you need five. <laughs> here if you just here, just putting it out there. I'm just just here if you need me. Well, you, you talk <laughs> about you you talk about the, you know, we've spoken about the polarizing 
nature of him. But we can't, and we've spoken about it already plenty of times on the show today, you can't deny, when you look at the numbers, what he's done, you can't deny what the man has done for the game of cricket. And I really think that we won't appreciate what he's done for the game, what he's done for Australian cricket, what he's done for that opening position until maybe a couple of months, maybe a couple of years' time where he's no longer there. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think um, even like a few of the, um, you know, the having the most runs of, of any opener, like that kind of stuck up on everyone. I, I feel like it's almost like maybe in the age of uh, we have had um, a lot of good performers, like not even just starting. I mean, obviously we've had Steve Smith there as well, but, but even just like in bowling we've had... So many. We've had an era of cricket where we've had so many good individual performers that um, maybe they sometimes get lost among each other. We mm. don't appreciate yeah. um, exactly how good they are. And I mean, the great thing is we're still going to see David Warner in the Big Bash. He's obviously yeah. got that contract there with the the Sydney Thunder, so that'll be um, that'll be really great for Australian cricket because um, that's a real worry about where that competition is going up against all the other. Um, short format competitions that are popping up all around the world. To have him still be in that for the next couple of years is hugely beneficial. Yeah, and there's, um, as you mentioned, the the shorter formats a game that are continuing to, um, uh, you know, to grow and develop. We we saw the the major league cricket in in America this year. Um, talks of a a second IPL tied in with with the Saudis. Steve Waugh has has come out this week in the last couple of days to pleading, I suppose, with the ICC to step in here and, and not ignore or, or neglect Test cricket? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really hard one, isn't it? Because in Test cricket, I feel like it's still the pinnacle for what, and certainly when you talk to all the cricketers in Australia, they still say it's the pinnacle of what they grow up yeah. wanting to do. Even all the young ones that are still coming through, they don't think about all the money that they can really make but at some point I'm sure it's almost going to be treated as a different sport like you're almost going to be like oh no I'm a I play t20 not I play cricket yeah um and you can see why like the the money that is made you would not begrudge anyone for getting you know before they've even got a rookie contract Mm. being able to earn hundreds of thousands of dollars you could never begrudge anyone from for doing that so uh, it, cricket's almost, I think, got to move with the times rather than ignore it because I don't think you're ever going to win that war. Yeah, and, and it's been plenty said in, in recent years as these leagues continue to, to establish that, you know, do, do we end up heading down a, an incident like the international football where you play leagues all around the world and there becomes these international windows where we play certain formats of, of international cricket? Probably three years ago, when three or four years ago, when that was starting to be discussed, I, I think there was a thought of, well, maybe surely that couldn't happen. But as each year goes on and more and more money goes into the sport, and as you say, more and more uh, athletes can make very, very lucrative careers out of it, it it's something that it, it's going to have to be considered. And these changes are going to have to come from the top. And the ICC are the ones who are going to have to work out how this juggle is going to happen. Yeah, I do think there will become a point where there's an oversaturation of these small leagues. Like, do I care what is happening uh, in, you know, the South Africa 2020 Mm. league that's going to pop up? No. I still care about the IPL. I care about the Big Bash because 
I'm here. I'm not sure maybe if I'm living in England, do I care about the Big Bash? Yeah. Um, but I do think there will be an oversaturation where they won't have the longevity. Like something like the IPL will always have the longevity because of the amount of people that watch it, not just in India, but outside of India and the yeah. amount of money that is made. But all these other ones, I just can't see. Like money only goes so far, right? You've got to have people watching them. And as far as the IPL, I mean, France, um, countries want, federations want that to happen because they get a percentage of what the player is being paid as well. Yeah. So I think it's like 20% goes back to that. Like, it obviously helps Australia mm. hugely. So I think IPL's got the longevity. I just don't know that all these others do. And I, I feel like it'll all sort itself out at the end. It's a weird time at the moment where they're all going to pop up, but then I think there won't be the desire for the players to play all of them. Yeah, and, that, and that's going to be the thing as well, isn't it? That um, it, it sounds wonderful and a little bit... Um, you know, exciting that you could play cricket all around the world, but there's a reality that you have to play cricket all around the world and that can be tiring and, you know, not sustainable necessarily for everyone either. The really interesting space where this will happen will be in the women's cricket to see what yeah. happens with that next. When Because when, obviously, the women, there's a huge pay, there's another, like, huge gap in the pay discrepancy. Um, Australia isn't bad, but around the world there is. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how that women's space and how that affects, like, the WBBL because yeah. that's an even shorter time period that they've got to earn money. And when you don't have the establishment, really, of test cricket, why wouldn't you go and play a heap of T20? Indeed. Hey, Julissa, I'd love to chat with you all day. Coach Kay's giving me the wind-up. Thanks for joining us and uh, can't wait to talk, talk to you again soon. Okay, no worries. Don't take anything from Coach K. Just give it back to me. <laughs> I'll do my best.